And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 398 of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the show and to late spring here in Chicago, which means allergy season. Yay! Yeah, I guess that's sort of the flip side for me of of seeing all the the flowers coming out and trees getting their leaves and, and all of this. And with that come seasonal allergies so there's always that sort of dark lining to the to the springtime and at the same time we have kind of a bright lining in the world in general as things start to ease up from this pandemic and people are starting to be able to unmask and go back to some of their normal routine and that kind of thing so at the same time as there's things that are that are happening that are maybe not as nice there are things happening that are very much going back to the, the way that things should be, but going back to normal. And pretty soon, who knows? I mean, I might be able to start about taking some of the, the trips that I had planned for 2020. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm not holding my breath on those, but um, that is something that I think is going to be coming along in the not too distant future. So um, yeah, so I'm all looking forward to that. And hope you all are having a great late spring wherever you are. Um, I had a couple of messages um, regarding the uh, the show ending, and uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm very uh, gratified by those messages. Um, I'm not going to read them out because some of them are of a personal nature, but uh, thanks to uh, to Mark, who uh, contacted me via the uh, the email, and also uh, Manuel, who contacted me through Twitter. I didn't really think that there was a lot to read there, but uh, you know, people seem to be under very understanding that you know, it's time to move on. And I'll, I'll explain myself further in, in episode 400. But uh, yeah, so I really do appreciate the messages that I've gotten. And uh, you know, hope to hear from you if you feel like uh, you know, submitting some kind of, I don't know, feedback that you want read out in the show. I'm more than happy to do that. All right. So without any further ado, we have an issue of Ultimate Thor to cover. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And Ultimate Thor, the penultimate Ultimate Thor, Issue number three is cover dated February of 2011, retailed for $3.99. Cover art is by Carlos Pacheco, shows Thor, Loki, and Balder. They are on the cover, and Thor is holding his hammer up, and there's like a plasma ball, sort of lightning-y thing uh, surrounding it, and the other two look like they're ready to fight with Loki in his yellow and green, and Balder wearing his purple and Thor in his familiar Ultimate Thor outfit. And they're just kind of standing there posing, and that's what the cover looks like. And we open up to the uh, summary page here. Previously in Ultimate Thor, 
in the EUSS High Command of the present day, Thorleif Goleman, a man enrolled in the European Super Soldier Program, spirals into a psychological delusion, believing that he is a Norse god lost among men. Professor Braddock, the head of the program, can't determine the source of the subject's problems and recruits Dr. Blake for help. Dr. Blake claims that the patient is remembering Asgard ages ago. Thor has been given Mjolnir, a weapon so powerful he has become virtually unstoppable. It is a heavy burden and one that Thor is uneasy carrying. Meanwhile, after the Frost Giant's defeat, Thor's half-brother Loki plots trickery. Nazi Germany, 1939. Baron Zemo has enlisted the help of the Frost Giants to overthrow the Kingdom of Asgard. In their first assault, they are barred from entering by mighty Heimdall, the Asgardian that protects the road to Asgard. Baron Zemo kills Heimdall, and in doing so reveals his true identity, Loki, Lord of Chaos. Jonathan Hickman was the writer, Carlos Pacheco was the penciler, Dexter Vines is the inker, Edgar Delgado is the colorist, VC's Clayton Cowles was the letterer. Uh, we have the cover art credit, which was Carlos Pacheco, Jason Paz, and Frank Darmata. Assistant editor is Sana Amanat. Senior editor is Mark Panicia. Editor-in-chief Joe Casada. The publisher was Dan Punkley. And Alan Fine was the executive producer. We open up to the splash where... We have arrows being uh, shot through Odin's ravens, apparently, and a voice is saying, Drink, drink deeply. Drink the blood of vanquished Heimdall. Feel it flowing through your veins, increasing awareness, strengthening heart and bone. And it's a frost giant that is saying this, and he's got like a frost bowl, and he's pouring blood into the mouth, or at least onto the chins, of all of these um, German soldiers. So we have this big group of German soldiers who are their chin is dyed red uh, by by Heimdall's blood, and some of them have have runestone, glowing runestone things, kind of floating over their head. Now, all I can say about this is that Heimdall must have had a fucking hell of a lot of blood because there's a lot of people here, and you know. In order to pour so much blood on each person that it stains their chin, it has to be a lot. So Heimdall, the ever-flowing font of blood. Anyway, <laughs> harness it. Combine it with the power of Odin residing in the remaining Norn stones. Together, the great machinery of modernity and the giants of Jotunheim. Together, in unity of purpose. For our time is now. And we uh, we see the army here, and they're gathered, and... Um, they're obviously they're getting ready to um, go attack Asgard. A time of reckoning, a time of retribution, and the fall of Asgard. A time for war and the end of all things. Ragnarok. We stand at the ready, and we see the giants are ready. All the Nazis are ready, and Loki is standing in front of them, and he raises his bow over his head and he shouts. Bring the walls down. And we next see a double-page spread of the Nazi Wehrmacht attacking the walls of Asgard with their tanks and cannons and, and guns. And the ice giants are right along with them with their spiky clubs and spears. And the explosion's going ba-boom. And a very Simonson-esque font, uh, as is appropriate. And anyway, so the walls are being struck by cannon fire and they're kind of breaking in. 
And um, yeah, we have a shift in scene to Odin's throne room where we have Odin and the other gods. Remember, they're doing their mock battles here. And Fandral says, we are under attack. And Odin says, the renegade is back. Your brother returns from banishment. Loki, says Thor. And we shift scenes once again to Asgard ages ago. And we have what looks like a bonsai tree. <laughs> it really does look like a bonsai tree. Um, but it is meant to be the world tree and, of course, the city of Asgard, uh, which is surrounding it. And Loki is uh, going into Odin's chambers. And we see Odin. He has a regular bed here and not a racing car bed. So I guess ultimate Odin doesn't need to have a racing car bed. And uh, there's a big fire in the middle, like a fire pit. And then there's a burning brazier with the runestones floating around it. So that, I guess that's his uh, cosmic voyeuroscope in the ultimate universe. And Loki walks up to where the runestones are floating around and he, he grabs a hold of one. And a voice comes from behind. If you have it in you, stop this now. Treachery is owed to no one, Loki. And Loki turns and he fires three arrows at whoever's speaking. And they strike... Well, it's Balder, and he's, he's been skewered by three arrows, and uh, he's got to kind of talking to him, and he goes, ooh. And Loki is like, oh, Balder, I never meant, I, I never. You sound full of regret, brother, but it is fleeting, and not your true nature. You are grim, always grim, and now lost. I am not, says Loki. I am who I have always been. It is Asgard that changed around me. <coughs> I was a fool to hold out hope, says Balder. I had hoped. I knew you would be here. I've known it all along. You could no more avoid the path you are on than not breathe air. I have always seen who you really are. And how is that, Balder? I am Odin's all-seeing eye. The days ahead are no mystery to me. Then tell me, brother, says Loki. Use your gifts and tell me what my future holds. Asgard in ruin. Your mother, dead, for her part in this betrayal. And you, Loki, you believe in nothing and are lost. You are all salt and no spirit. So sow wherever you wish, brother. We all have a purpose. And I swear, I know there is no tomorrow in your chaos. And he's got blood coming out of his mouth now. And Loki is knocking an arrow, getting ready to fire. And he says... And what do you see in your future, Balder? Wouldn't you like to know, says Balder. And Loki does an arrow through the eye, goes all the way through his head, and say, thump! And Balder is apparently dead, and yeah. So that's that. Loki picks up the box of runestones from next to the, the fire, and there's a giant explosion out in the walls where we shift to. Uh, of course, the Wehrmacht is attacking the walls, and another ba-boom. We have the warriors of Asgard here, and they're all fighting. I see Fandral, Hogan, and Ultimate Volstagg, and Fandral is uh, kind of shouting, Gods! They are through, says Hogan. And so we see the soldiers and the ice giants kind of approaching the broken walls and standing there in front of them, uh, looking almost like a lone defender is Volstagg. Beautiful coloring in this uh, page, I have to say. Uh, we may talk about that at the end, of course. And uh, Volstagg is uh, guarding the breach in the wall, and the, the armies are encroaching. Thor is there, 
And of course, uh, Fandral, Hogan are there, and, and we see Valkyries and other soldiers and stuff. Warriors, says Thor. Odin has given the word. The wall is breached. Asgard broken. Fall back. We rally at the world tree. And Volstagg's not having any of that. He says, Hogan, you and Fandral see the men on their way. They can see themselves off, old friend, says Fandral. My sword remains sharp. You mean to cover their retreat, asks Thor. I made my name in this place, says Volstagg. I am a general of the wall. No one passes while I breathe. Go, Thor. Sing a song for us at the world tree. Tell them how Volstagg met his end, and that he did not meet it alone. And we see Volstagg, Fandral, and Hogan all guarding this hole in the wall as everybody else retreats to the world tree. And we see the um, armies approaching. Thor looks back just to see uh, them being attacked. And there's a full page here of the ice giants attacking. And Volstagg is shouting, For Asgard! As the battle rages on. And we shift scenes and we are back at the Dome in Brussels. E-U-S-S High Command in the present day. And Captain Britain is there and he is talking to Don Blake. For some reason... Um, I've noticed that they don't really show Blake's face in this, which is kind of odd. Um, I'm not really sure why that is, and maybe we'll find out next issue. Anyway, Braddock is saying, in my opinion, the situation is not good. You have to understand, Dr. Blake, for all his ingenuity, my father remains a pragmatic man. I think he's going to scrap the entire program. And I say this because I've witnessed it many times, Brian. Most children underestimate their parents, says Blake. They mistake pragmatism as a lack of idealism. Nothing could be further from the truth. And we shift inside the uh, cell where Dr. Braddock is talking with Thor. I have concerns. I'm not insane, Professor Braddock. Oh, the tests have made that abundantly clear. And yet, for some reason, I can't seem to get on board with the idea that you're a god reborn as man. How could any rational person be expected to? Some things are not for the faint-hearted, says Thor. Here's the thing, Thor. It's my job to be on the cutting edge of societal progress. All of us here at the EUSS are engineering the next great step in human evolution. We do this, I do this, because I not only see the capabilities of what man can be, but the great damage that he could do as well. We steer the ship. So as I said... I have concerns. Without reassurances, there are risks I am simply unwilling to take. And Thor is just kind of glowering at him. And he decides to tell a little story. When I was a boy, my father took me to the top of a great mountain. From there, we could view the magnificent black son of Asgard spread out before us. He said to me, Thor, tell me what you see. I replied, Asgard our home and place of eternal greatness. And he stood there for a great while, saying nothing until he finally uttered, It is an illusion. What you see is Asgard as it is now, and there is no guarantee this is how it will always be. The potential of a thing remains forever undecided by our ideals, by our actions. The future of this place is what we make it. What do you really want to ask me, Professor? says Thor. And Braddock looks up at him and says, Will you do what is right? 
And we cut back to Brian Braddock and Don Blake. And Don Blake kind of smiles a little bit at that question. And we shift scenes. We are back in Asgard in 1939. Thor is running for the world tree and the rest of the armies. And he is being pursued by the ice Wehrmacht. And he's using his hammer to smash their heads in as he goes. And there's fighting going on. And yeah, there's still lots of fighting going on in the city of Asgard itself as Thor has, um, yeah, a few battles going on. And he reaches the uh, the world tree and the building apparently that's inside the, the trunk of it. And there's a bunch of guards there and Thor arrives and he jumps down. And he says, be ready. They are coming right behind me. And the guards are getting ready to fight. And Thor reaches uh, Odin's throne room, and uh, Thor says, Father, they have gained control of the outer ring, and now, Urk! And he says, Urk, because there is an arrow sticking in his back now. And Odin is like, Thor! And the ice giant arrives, uh, the main ice giant, and Loki sitting on his shoulder, standing on his shoulder, and he was the one who fired the arrow. And the ice giants have breached the castle, and they are continuing to destroy the army, Odin's uh, you know, soldiers, etc. Loki jumps down, um, and he says, Hello, father. I have returned, and with me I bring the armies of both men and giants. It will not be enough, says Odin, and he's got his big old glowing sword in one hand, and he, he rushes forward, he slashes at Loki, and apparently misses him, but he's going, roar! And uh, he's kind of whacking at, at Loki with the sword. And he, he leaps on Loki and he grabs his face. He's like, there is a price for all things. Every action has a cost. This is for Balder. And he, he's kind of pushing Loki up against the tree with his hand and has dropped his sword in the meantime. And he's got, got kind of str- trying to strangle Loki, I guess. And you can see little tendrils of the world tree coming out and grabbing Loki and pulling him in. And Thor is still with the arrow in his back. And he's like, Father, what are you doing? This is payment for your brother's murder. Ponder this, Loki. Ponder your father's anger the for eternity in the room with no doors. And we see the... A tree is swallowed up Loki and uh, is kind of tangled him up in a bunch of branches and stuff. And, and Loki is saying, I'm sorry for nothing, nothing. And he's being swallowed up by the tree and Odin lets go. And he's kind of floating in midair and he comes down and he grabs his sword. And Thor says, uh, what have you done? And in the meantime, he's pulled the arrow out uh, of the uh, front of his shoulder, and I guess he's not that badly damaged, I guess. But anyway, we see a big bloody spiky ice axe laying on the ground here, ice club. And Odin says, something worse than death, something foolish. It may be, and then the voice, Odin, I have broken your walls and burned your city. And of course, the, uh, the ice giant general here. And I am not yet done. And a giant ice wolf emerges into the room. I don't know if this was part of the army, which I assume it was, but it's like he, he dumps it onto the floor with a package of some kind, like he's been carrying it under his coat, which is really strange, <laughs> but okay. Anyway, that's a giant ice doggy here, and it's attacking Odin, 
and Odin draws his sword back to, to attack the ice doggy. But ice doggy grabs Odin, and there's a giant arg, and lots of blood spurting around. Um, and yeah, so the, the ice doggy is devouring Odin. And Thor sees it, and he's like, no! And he smashes the ice doggy's head in with Mjolnir. Um, so we see little fragments of, of ice doggy head floating around. And Odin looks to be, you know, pretty done for. And Thor runs up to Odin and is like, no, father. And Odin points up at the world tree and he says, look, it burns, says Thor. The world tree burns. Surely this is the end of all things. And Odin is clearly on his way out and he says, I die, as does Asgard. But remember, I will live on in in you. No, says Thor. Father. And Odin is gone. And uh, yeah. So Thor is uh, kind of cradling the dead body of Odin. And the army is still continuing. Um, and the frost giants and the Nazis are invading the uh, throne room. And Thor starts glowing and lightning inging. And he's going, Father! He shouts out, and there's uh, all sorts of lightning spewing around. And he's just attacking them single-handed and striking again and again uh, as lightning. And there's just uh, like lightning striking the hammer and just glowing brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the entire panel turns white to be continued. And that is Ultimate Thor number three. We'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. So which is the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Ant-Man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto. So both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? What about uh, White Tiger? What about White Tiger? <laughs> Doc Samson. <laughs> Star Fox. That's a video game. <laughs> The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we are back. And of course, a few things about the issue, as we always have a few comments anyway. Um, yeah, so this is kind of a, what they used to refer to back in the 60s as an all-action-ish not a lot of story here. It's mostly things kind of wrapping up from the prior issue. I mean, it's not that not a lot happens, but it's all very action-y and lots of double-page spreads and lots of fighting and not a lot of dialogue. So it's something that it doesn't take a lot of time to cover. And we've got a lot of really, really nice visuals here. Now, I will say that story-wise... Things don't make a ton of sense. We talked about that prior. I mean, I am kind of happy with the way things are progressing, but that's because this has progress. I mean, this, this actually has a narrative that keeps going and a plot that is continuing. This is obviously their version of Ragnarok. I guess you could say it's ultimate Ragnarok, as it were. And, you know, we, it's so it's, 
it's not exactly comporting with mythology, is it? I mean, the, the, the basics are there, but we don't have like Jormungand and we don't have the sun and the moon dealy. And, and yeah, uh, we left out the whole uh, death of Balder stuff. So in the ultimate universe, obviously, Asgard does not have the same sequence of events happening in Ragnarok that the quote unquote real Norse gods would have had. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting, um, and at the same time, it, it's kind of a, an abridged version of the Ragnarok story uh, as told by Jonathan Hickman. Um, I have mixed feelings about that, as you know. Uh, I do like to have a, a good old Ragnarok retelling, but at least have it be a bit closer to the original lore. Uh, and so I can understand why people reading this might think it was a little bit I don't know, too, too rushed. I mean, they, they did kind of fit the whole thing into about half an issue. So, yeah, make of that what you will. But, but it's fine. I, I think that it's fine. Artwork is, is still pretty good. I, I really do like the, the Carlos Pacheco's work. It's not as strong as the previous two issues, probably because before they released the first two, he had more time to work on each issue. So here we have signs of things looking a little bit more rushed. The, the, the figures are not as consistent from panel to panel. There's just kind of a, a noticeable drop in the quality of the art from the first two issues here in the third. I'm assuming that the, the schedule for issue three and four were kind of more, more hurried than they were before. Still, that, that being said, there's still a lot going on here with the, um, the composition and the layouts, and things look really, really good. Um, there are also a lot of really nice moments here with the colors and some of the, the highlights and some of the color work that's being done in the, in the Asgard scenes really looks good. I mean, there, there's a lot to, to enjoy here in, in the issue as far as the colors and, and how it all plays with the art. Um, like I said, I know that this isn't going to be anybody's uh, cup of tea necessarily, but I'm I'm digging it, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to what happens next time. Speaking of next time, it's time to wrap up the show. Thanks again, folks, for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to reach out, uh, if, you know, if you have messages you'd like read out in episode 400, please feel free to submit them to radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. Anything that I get that's uh, suitable to be read out in the show, I will read out. And of course, uh, yeah, uh, you can uh, reach us over on Facebook as well. Look for Radio Free Asgard in a little searchy boxy thing on Facebook. And we're the only thing with that name out there, so you can't miss us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.